I'd like to acknowledge that this podcast is being recorded on the unceded traditional territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. I did it, guys. We're on the air. Welcome to my very first episode. For those of you who don't personally know me, and for those of you who actually do, thanks for landing on my page and tuning in. I'm Bernadette, and this is my 10-part podcast about my big move to the rainiest city in the world. It's actually so rainy here that often people refer to it as Raincouver. And I shit you not, guys, even though it's smack bang in the middle of summer right now um, and the sun is actually out and about and Vancouverites are dramatically suffering from said heat wave, aka consecutively perfect 30 degree days, I still fear stepping out of my house without an umbrella. That's how conditioned I am now to believe that it would just rain at any given moment. And honestly, by the time this airs, the sun's probably gone back into hiding and it'll be rainy again. Anyway, today's episode is just a little introduction um, or more like a little introduction to me. And I kind of just want to get it done and out of the way so I can get into all the fun stuff with you all. After all my excitement at posting on my socials this week and getting your messages asking where the hell episode one was, I'm almost too nervous to record this, which means I'm just going to jump right in. Anyway, so here is a little bit of backstory without getting too emotional for you all. Um, A couple of years ago, I actually went through a really, really traumatic event. Uh, I believe you all know the one I'm talking about. Uh, It's called heartbreak. (laughs) And really, that's kind of what instigated it all for me. I, I was definitely in denial about this for the longest time, but I've come to terms with it now, I swear. Um, But it was what propelled me to want to be somewhere, anywhere where there was zero chance of bumping into anyone I knew, or having to potentially see things that I didn't want to see. I also love to travel, guys, so to me, it felt like I'd be going on a super extended holiday, and honestly, it kind of still feels like I'm on one. (laughs) Anyway, it it was a tough time. Um, When the breakup happened, it was leaving was actually one of the very first thoughts I had. Uh, I remember telling a friend that I'm leaving, I'm moving countries, and I'm going incognito, and I toyed with this idea of uprooting my life for a while. I did think to myself that I was like, I had moments where I thought to myself, I was being just a little bit too drums and everyone goes through heartache and I just needed to get over it. But after a couple more Europe escapades in the years to follow, I finally did it. I woke up one morning and I got the process started and it was a lot easier than I thought, to be honest. I mean, we have the internet at our fingertips now, so I just jumped right onto that Canadian government website um, and created my application to visit Canada within minutes. Um, And for those of you who are interested, this is the same login you'll use forever for anything Government of Canada related. Um, And if you ever decide to come to Canada and apply for your permanent residency. So I will try and tag the link in my uh, episode info. um, And I highly recommend that you guys start saving your details and your passwords if you do happen to start the process, um, because it does help big time. I swear the, the PR process is so tedious that I will be dedicating an entire episode 
to this later on in the series. Um, so I signed up, I created my profile and my case and bit by bit gathered all the extra info that I needed. Um, I collected my police reports, my driver's history. I completed my medical exam, everything. Uh, you do have to wait to be invited to come to Canada, which was really the only thing out of my control. Um, but once I was invited, I was accepted. I think I was accepted within two weeks. Um, and my two year working visa was approved. Uh, now I didn't need to activate this straight away. Uh, so I could do this when I decided to finally make the move or when, yeah, when I was ready to do that. Um, but it was nice knowing that I had this in my back pocket. So this was the beginning of 2019, guys, and I actually, I just wasn't ready to leave just yet. I, I still had a big Europe trip planned with my best friend. We were doing Tomorrowland that year, and I was also being a chicken. Like, I knew I wanted to do it, but I still just wasn't certain of when. Um, but after that two-month-long trip, I came back and ripped that Band-Aid right off. As much as I feared being alone or not having my best friend by my side, or not being able to see my girlfriends for brunch every weekend anymore, and not being able to ask my mom to cook for me because I was just around the corner, I was like 10 minutes away, I did it. Within two weeks of returning to Melbourne, I'd put everything up on Marketplace and just sold everything. And then the next part's a bit of a blur to me, really. It was like I'd just come off a plane, and next minute I, I was jumping on another to Canada. At this point, um, I'd not even read too much about where I was going. So I should mention that I, I did use an agency to support me in finding a job and staff accommodation, um, which I actually wouldn't recommend to anyone. If you are interested in making the move, hit me up. I'll be super happy to help you out. Um, all I knew was that I was on a flight to Vancouver. I had a day to sort myself out and then I'd be off to a town called Osoyoos to work and live for a couple of months. And after 16 long hours, we touched down finally in Vancouver. Um, I must say I didn't immediately feel the culture shock post-landing, which I will be dissecting bit by bit over my series. But as soon as I started speaking to Canadians, I could just tell. Trying to order an Uber as well was like a nightmare, but not because of the communication barrier. It was because they didn't have Uber. And <laughs> I wish I was joking, but they really didn't have Uber. Um, they do now, but I was just like, oh my gosh, it's 2019. Anyway, it was actually a sunny day when I landed. Um, I checked myself into my hostel for the morning. Um, I, I left Melbourne in the morning and I arrived in the morning, so it was a bit wacky, but um, I actually think I took a little power nap uh, before I headed out to sort out my sin which is the equivalent of a TFN for my Melbourne friends. Um, I sorted out my phone. I went to go do my bank stuff. Again, all of these things I will be debunking in an upcoming episode as I have such strong feelings about these topics. Um, setting all these things up actually took up most of my morning that day. And so I had the rest of the Arvo to, to walk around and explore the, this new city um, that I was actually leaving early the next morning. Um, I will say this though, if going through an agency helped me with anything, it was, it would be organizing all of the important stuff like that. It was kind of all just laid out for me when I arrived, you know, like, oh, you need to go here to get your sin sorted. 
and you need to do this before anything else because you can't open up a bank account without this. Um, you'll need a residential address. So um, it was nice knowing that I could use the agency's office address temporarily. Um, and then it was like, you can't sign up to a phone plan without this either. And yeah, the, the as the series goes on, guys, you're, you're going to hear a little bit more about this. And you'll probably hear me say that Canada does not make it easy for you. Anyway, um, as I was actually setting up my new phone, I, I befriended a father and daughter duo who um, kind of overheard me speaking to to the associate and they advised that I take a sea bus or a sea taxi, uh, I can't remember, over to Granville Island. Um, they actually gave me a free ticket, which was nice. So I trekked over and I explored Granville Island. Um, for those of you listening in Melbourne, I'd compare it to Queen Vic Market, but a little bit smaller and surrounded by a lot of water and beautiful yachts. So I I got myself an iced coffee, which we will definitely be discussing in another episode. <laughs> I miss Melbourne coffee. Um, I got myself a pastry and I sat myself down near the dock to watch and listen to the busker. Um, iced coffee and live music in the sun is just such a vibe. It, it calls my name and Cass, I, I can hear you laughing. <laughs> Next day rolls around. Um, it's gloomy, surprise, surprise, and it's raining. After a glimpse of the sun the day before, I get my first real taste of the rainy city. And I'm back at the airport at the crack of dawn to make my way to Osoyoos. Um, I get in a little propeller plane and I'm, I'm there in a few hours. And here's where my story really begins. It, it starts, it continues to rain, sorry. It, the, the buses, there are, there are none. Um, I couldn't call a cab because the number was just like not working and the bus timetables were horrendously spaced out by the hour. Um, I got there at an awkward time. So I, I had to wait an hour and a half after landing to catch a bus that I prayed would take me into the right town. Thankfully it did. And I ended up, um, having to find my way to my new workplace who inconveniently was not informed of my arrival. So they basically didn't know what to do with me when I got there. Um, luckily enough, one of one of the managers at the time was nice enough to actually drive me to staff accommodation, um, which I had no idea was not at the hotel I'd be working at. But it was about a 45-minute walk in the middle of some random field. I don't know. Don't worry. We drove there. And um, just to explain quickly, guys, uh, I was on a career break at this time. I actually really loved my job in Melbourne, which was another reason it took a little longer for me to to make the decision to get here. But anyway, I took a seasonal job in the hotel world as part of my Canadian working visa. And again, I, I don't feel like I really needed the agency support to to get this new job but it did make it a lot easier knowing I had something lined up before leaving Oz. In hindsight, I could have probably just applied for jobs online at the time or even when I got here, but it was probably a good thing um, that it was all sorted out for me. I think I'm just a little bit jaded and a little bit bitter at the couple thousand dollars that it cost me knowing that I could have done it all myself. Anyway, I'm here now and you could learn from my mistakes and I'll be happy to help you out. <laughs> Um, so staff accommodation, 
Do you guys remember those portable classrooms that we had in primary school? Well, this is what the staff accommodation looked like, except that it was one big, really long and narrow portable. Um, If you're listening in from Vancouver, I'd compare it to almost like a, a narrow trailer at a construction site that just kind of kept going. Um, it housed a number of staff from surrounding hotels and my room was bloody small guys like it was smaller than a kitchenette like minuscule my room was fucking small guys it was furnished with like a single bed the tiniest little desk to fit like just to fit my laptop and for reference I have a 13 inch macbook pro um I had a super narrow wardrobe uh, and and like a mirror above what looked like where a sink should have been. So this was Staffacom. This was my room, and they had rooms like this on either side and across from me with very very thin walls, so I could hear my neighbors all the time. The kitchen, <laughs> the kitchen as well. So the kitchen was shared, and it was like um, situated right at the very end of the corridor. Um, at the complete opposite end of my room and the the bathrooms were, and showers were shared as well um, it was very hostel like and we were in the middle of like but fuck nowhere I don't know we were we were in the middle of some crop field or something I can't even remember what fruit was growing but you could walk like up and down the fields um, of fruit anyway um, I thought to myself that I definitely needed a bike to get around if I was going to live here Um, like I was in the middle of whoop whoop. So I mentally put this on my to-do list as a priority for the next day. Um, anyway, as we drove to staff accommodation, my manager and I did the whole small talk thing. Um, but I was actually super thankful for the ride as I was drenched from the rain and having to wait in the rain for a bloody bus to take me to, to take me to town. Um, and I obviously hadn't bought an umbrella yet. Um, and I was super exhausted from lugging around my entire life in one suitcase and one carry-on. Um, and for those of you who know me, I know, right? How on earth did I fit my life in one suitcase? <laughs> I actually did think that I was going to be back in six months. So a lot of this, I did leave a lot of stuff at mom's, but yeah, seriously. Anyways, um, my manager helps me get everything out of his car. He walks me to staff accommodation to meet with the property manager. And then as he opens the door to the corridor, I get a big fat fucking whiff of marijuana, like right in the face. I was a little bit discombobulated. <laughs> and I really just wanted to make sure that I use that word once in my series. Um, so after after a second, I like pull myself together and I kind of I see like what I thought was a 13 year old girl but later realized she was an adult and well like she was a 21 year old girl who was also staff at a nearby hotel and she kind of just like walks out of her room she slams the door and she's like kind of like hey neighbor or like hey new neighbor and she kind of just smiled and walked away with her bong in hand um my new manager goes to me he looks over and he goes oh, yeah, it's legal here if you didn't know. Or more like, oh, yeah, it's legal here if you didn't know. Or no, that was bad. <laughs> this was the response that I got anyway. And honestly, I, I couldn't remember how I reacted. I was 
probably just too like out of it to even acknowledge what had just happened. But weed is legal here, guys. I I didn't even know um, until until then, and I can't say I've jumped on that bandwagon to be honest. But it is everywhere. You go down to the beach, you go down the street, you sit at the bus stop, and oh my god, guys! This one time side note, side story. This guy literally forgot to put out his joint. <laughs> before putting it in his pocket um so guess who almost caught on fire um who almost caught on fire he yeah he was pretty lit it was like such an idiot he so me and a girlfriend were on the sea bus and she could smell something like start to burn um ding 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 it was marijuana it was like his joint in his pocket and next thing you know this guy has a hole in his pocket and he's apologizing for forgetting to put out his ciggy Oh my god, I died. He didn't die. He got off at the next stop. <laughs> um another side story. I I just remembered like one of my very first shifts at the hotel, um a guest asked me where the nearest dispensary was and in my mind I was thinking there was a pharmacy down the road. Um obviously at this point I was not yet accustomed to these Canadian terms and having worked as a pharmacy assistant once upon a time, you know, dispensing meds for the pharmacist I actually thought that a dispensary was a pharmacy the um so anyway I I pointed him in the direction of the pharmacy and he knew I was wrong and I kind of knew I was wrong and was like just kind of like shrugging my shoulders confused and not able to give him the answers that he (laughs) that he was looking for but how was I supposed to know He, he he was with his wife and kids and he was just asking me in plain daylight like you know, where's the weed at? Um, but anyway, he ended up explaining in plain Canadian English that even I could understand that he was after weed. Um, anyway, I just kind of apologized and that I couldn't help him, that I was blaming it on the fact that I was new. And yeah, I did not know where to source said weed, which is apparently on every corner and you don't even really have to look for it. It's like you walk down the streets and it's any store that kind of has their windows dimmed or blacked out. Um, yeah, totally legal stuff. Seriously. (laughs) So that's my intro guys. Welcome to Canada. Um, in the coming days I had jumped on, um, an Osoyoos buy sell swap page on marketplace and I found myself a bike to get around. Um, I'd gone to the local grocery store to pick up some, to stock up on a couple of things. And I'd explored my surroundings via bike. Me riding a bike around, a child's bike around. Uh, The guy I bought it from was selling his wife's bike, actually, and said that the – he actually said that the woman's one was too big for me, so ended up giving me his daughter's one for free. Um, It was great. Um, I sat by the lake. I actually walked through the random fruit field that I now lived in. Um, I went and said hey to my new team members at the hotel in prep for my first day. Um, there were actually a couple of other Aussies who I'd already, who'd actually already started their season. Um, so that was really comforting and they'd gone through the same agency and the same process that I had gone through to get to that hotel and that staff accommodation. Um, and they were just as lost as I was. So I knew at this point that I was going to be just fine. Um, if I didn't mention already, uh, Osoyoos is a little town about four or five hours uh, drive out of Vancouver. Uh, it's close to the the border of Washington State, US, actually. Um, 
And it's one of the warmer towns in Canada. And this is where I ended up spending my next couple of months. Um, lots of North Americans actually travel here for the summer and lots of elderly book in rooms at the hotels um, in Australia during the winter months because it's actually a lot cheaper to stay there than pay for their heating bill for a couple of months when it does snow. Um, and fun fact, uh, they do stay up to, you know, for a couple of months um, and we called them snowbirds. Isn't that cute? <laughs> anyway, I dive deeper into some of the culture shocks in my next episode, guys. So make sure to stay tuned. Um, I talk about loonies and toonies and Caesars and picklebacks, you name it, like it, the, the works. Um, like, follow, subscribe whatever it is these days, um, to keep up with the little B.O.B. It's, it's going to be a great time, guys. I can feel it. Listen in as I navigate myself through the next couple of months in Osoyoos. Um, I talk about the new friends, the new man, um, and all the things that I begin missing from Melbourne. Um, but thank you for tuning in to my first episode and hopefully catch you all in the next chapter of The Little Book of Bees. Find me at the Bob Potty on all socials if you can. Otherwise, ciao for now. Mwah.